0: When you can't put the whole choir in the choir loft, you figure out ways to make great music. And that is a creative way to do it right there. The choir, and actually, we got some of them in duplicate. Did you notice that? (laughs) Singing with yourself, it's good stuff. In uh, 2013, um, I had been serving Bonaire uh, Methodist Church for six years. We were in the final months of. A building project. Uh, We were looking forward to moving into our new worship space within just a few months. Um, And uh, March 31st would be Easter that year. And like any Easter, we had big plans, great excitement. And for a pastor, there's just an added bit of anxiety that comes along with Easter. Things like, will there be enough space? Will we run out of donuts? Will uh, they bring flowers for the cross or not? Um, Will all the technology and sound work? That's a big deal for us. And um, will the sermon be any good? And you're wondering about those things. If there ought to be an easy sermon, it ought to be Easter. But it still is anxious. So naturally, um, that particular night I did not sleep very well. I woke up before my alarm. I was hurrying to get ready. Uh, because I had a uh, sunrise service that morning at 7 a.m. That was a little bit earlier, so I I jumped in the shower and was was getting ready, and everything seemed to be normal for an Easter morning until I passed out. I hit the door jamb so hard with my head that it woke my wife up in the bed, and she came running in there, finding her husband unconscious on the bathroom floor. She began yelling my name, which I don't remember. She began hitting me on the chest, started doing compressions for CPR. I don't know how long I was out, but it was long enough for her to completely freak out. And I don't remember passing out at all. I don't even remember it getting dark. I do remember opening my eyes and seeing her over me, and there was no sound. It was in that thousand-mile stare, you know, you're just kind of dazed. And then the sound finally started coming up, and as I, as I became more aware and my hearing returned, I sat up and I went, ow, touching my head where I had a, a knot rising up where I'd slammed the door. Kathy said, you need to go to the emergency room. And I am a man 100%. I said, I have four services to do today, and I've got to go preach. And she, of course, her head spun around, and lasers came out of her eyes. And No, they didn't. And so I got up, finished getting ready, and I went on to church and did four services that day. Now, I did visit the doctor uh, that next week. I was able to get an appointment. And after six weeks of testing and monitoring, they discovered I have an arrhythmia. It's called brachycardia. It means your heart slows down, and mine was pausing, and when your heart doesn't beat for 10 to 15 seconds, you drop like a hammer, and that's what happened to me. Discovered that I needed this pacemaker, and that was eight years ago, Easter morning for me. Now, although I I don't have a mark from my head, there may be some question about brain damage, but I do have a scar on my chest, and I carry with me a piece of metal that I can still feel and will in my body until I'm gone. But my life has changed since that event. I don't go through metal detectors anymore. I can't have an MRI, because that's magnetic, and you don't want magnets and metal in your body pulling at each other. Um, And my favorite question for my doctor is, how much battery life is left on this pacemaker? <laughs> we're in year eight, and I'm still in the original, by the way. But something else interesting happened as a result of this. I have a camaraderie with all of you that have pacemakers now. It's like we're instant family We share the same scars and share similar stories and we find comfort with one another. Scars can do that. Scars can bring you together. Scars can actually offer hope and comfort to people. John 20 tells us the familiar Easter story from the empty tomb to Jesus uh, appearing to Mary Magdalene. And this morning, I want us to take a closer look at Sunday evening, Easter evening. Will you look with me at Luke I mean, excuse me, at John chapter 20, verses 19 and 20. that read this way: "On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, "Peace be with you." And then look at this. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Now, this is incredible. This is the first time the disciples are seeing the resurrected Lord. Now Mary has already seen him at the garden and she told them, told the disciples that she had seen him. But this is their first encounter. They were, they were afraid they were going to be arrested maybe for stealing the body or, or whatever But since the tomb was empty. But they were in behind locked doors and Jesus didn't care, or excuse me, the Jews didn't care if they had the body or not. They were out to get him. They wanted to squelch this whole thing about Jesus once and for all. And then Jesus appears walking through the locked door, and he greets them with, Peace be with you. Jesus is in this new resurrected body. He's no longer bound by space or time or walls, and yet, did you notice, he still had his scars. He shows them his scars. He is still carrying the mark of crucifixion. Here he is, resurrected, restored, healed, but no plastic surgery. The scars are still there. And it makes me wonder the question, why do you think Jesus kept the scars? Was God not able to heal them and make them go away completely? I think it's to remind us of his great love for us. To tell us that he is with us in our suffering... And all the time that we receive scars, that he is the God of comfort. When the Lord heals our wounds, he won't necessarily remove the scars. Brennan Manning says, On the last day, Jesus will look over us, not for medals, diplomas, or honors, but for scars. You see, there is a beauty in our brokenness. There is something special about scars. This is, there's a story of healing and perseverance and faithfulness that goes along with our scars, our heartaches, our physical scars. Let me show you a picture. This is a kintsugi bowl. It is a rather ordinary um, in and of itself, but it has been mended with gold by a Japanese artisan. This is a, an artwork that they do. They take what was damaged or broken and they make it into something new and beautiful, something that is truly more valuable and beautiful than it was originally. These artisans celebrate the beauty of brokenness. We, we, we want our brokenness fixed, but God wants it blessed. He wants to bless our brokenness. Isn't that incredible? First Peter 1 Peter 1.3 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. A new life complete with scars that are made more beautiful because of the mending of our Maker. New life in Jesus may carry with it scars from the past, but these are blessed scars that tell us we have been made new. So how do we redeem our struggles when the scars are not removed? 2 Corinthians 1, 3-5 says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and, look at this, the God of all comfort. Who comforts us in all our troubles. Why? Here's the answer. So that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves received from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. There it is. The comfort of God comes as we comfort others needing comfort like we do and we did we relate there is a camaraderie where compassion flows and faith abounds you think about it any time you've been through a difficult time and been heartbroken or hurt someone who has been through it if they come alongside you they get it they understand they actually pour into you and you feel comfort because they have been there too I can't help but think of Brian Grant this morning. We've been praying for him for weeks. He's been fighting the effects of COVID since right around February 21st. Much of this has been unconscious until just this past week, really. His wife, Heather, has been right there by by his side, feeling helpless. She's been there as much as they've allowed her to, but she's been posting daily. Heather has been very honest about her struggle. The loneliness, the fear, the worry, the constant battle of trying to stay out of dark places when your mind wants to go there and you know you don't need to. But at the same time, she has been lifting up prayers and asking for prayers and and shares her journey, praising God for the small, steady things that she notices every day in the midst of this marathon she's on. Singing praises to God, giving thanks to God for the medical personnel and and for each of you that have been praying. The prayer warriors saying, keep the faith, keep praying, keep going. I read her journal every day, many times with great anticipation and hope. Hoping that we'll get an answer to prayer, a miracle that she'll be sharing with us. And in the midst of her struggle and and honesty, I have been incredibly encouraged, as many of you have. I found that my prayers for Brian and for others have been particularly intense and focused because of Heather's vulnerability. Because of this woundedness she's feeling, this helplessness that she's feeling, we come alongside her and we find ourselves encouraged as we are encouraging her. Pete Gregg says, our deepest suffering can become our greatest gift to the world. Isn't that Jesus? The deepest suffering that he experienced on the cross is his greatest gift to the world. Every scar that he has bears our sin, our brokenness, our need for new life. And yet it gives us hope knowing that he bore them for us. Of course we we have hope in this life, right? But healing is only temporary this side of heaven because ultimate and complete healing is in heaven. And this is our hope. This is what gives us joy now. It's how we persevere through times that are difficult. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 and 14 says, Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death. Why? So that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. That is ultimate hope. That is where our hearts dwell, knowing that one day we will be made complete and whole with him. I want to tell you a story about Mr. and Mrs. Kuroki. They were married in 1956 and had two children. They settled into a very happy life as dairy farmers, had about 60 cows in Shintomi Town, Japan. It was tough work, but as they grew older, they did like many of us, they started planning their retirement, and they were going to travel around Japan together. After 30 years of marriage, when Miss Kuroki was about 52 years old, she lost her eyesight due to complications from diabetes. And it was quick. It was devastating. Within a week, she lost, went completely blind. Mr. and Mrs. Kuroki were heartbroken, and their plans to travel were, seemed impossible. So Ms. Kuroki sunk into a deep depression and shut herself off from the world. And this went on for some time until Mr. Kuroki came up with a brilliant plan. He had come upon a pink flower in his garden that had a wonderful fragrance to it. He thought that if he planted enough of them, Miss Kuroki would be able to enjoy the smell of the flowers, even though she could not see them. And so he began to plant what is called phlox moss. And he planted it everywhere, covering the landscape all around the house where the cows once were. His hope was that one day the fragrance and possibly the visitors of the garden would bring a smile to his wife's face once again. You go to that picture where it's around the house, it just covers the house. Mr. Kuroki called them Heaven's Scent, and he planted them and tended them for over 20 years, or has for over 20 years. And thousands of people every year come and visit their house, and so they have company and the fragrance that has restored this wonderful smile. You saw the picture of them. What a lovely couple. God nurtures something beautiful out of our loss. Many of us are dealing with our own heartbreak, our own version of Miss Kuroki's blindness. You may have lost someone in your life and your heart shattered into a thousand pieces. You may have committed You may be committed to a covenant relationship that disappoints you more deeply than you dare say. You may find you are a hostage to someone else's bad choices. I could go on and on. So many of us find ourselves in dark places and have a hard time seeing God with us. But I believe that God plants a garden around our loss. Slowly he puts us back together again, like the craftsman putting the gold in the cracks of the Kintsugi bowl. We are healed with a new beauty. We may walk with a limp the rest of our lives like Jacob did after wrestling with an angel. The wounds heal, but not the scars. The scars remind us of God's nearness to us of his faithfulness to us, of his love for us. And just as the scars on Jesus' hands and feet inside remind us of healing and forgiveness, the grace of God, may we also see our own scars as evidence of God's comfort and his enduring love and grace in us so that we might be a source of hope to others you carry the light of Christ in you. Allow it to shine through even the broken pieces of you, the pieces that God has put back together so that you can be a source of comfort and peace just as Christ is to us. He appeared in the room, said, peace be with you, and he showed him his hands and his side. May God's grace fill you in ways that you never dreamed, and shine through you in ways that you could not imagine. To God be the glory. Let's pray. Father, we give you thanks for our brokenness, because in it we find new life and hope. Lord, fill us again with the hope of the resurrection, that we too will be resurrected with you on that last day. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you?